Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Scott. Special guest today got the homie Bryson from Houston, aka Red Nation blogger on the TL. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. How you doing today? You know, just chilling at Whataburger. About to about to grow up when we're done with this. <laughs> or or how the little one doing? Y'all happy your father's there? Yeah, you know, he didn't do much. It was raining all day in Houston, so really didn't get to do nothing. Just chill at the crib. Watch Moana for the seventeenth time. Moana. Kids love that movie. Yeah, she loved that movie. <laughs> hey. Oh, she is now four. Four, yep. God dang, time flies. Crazy. How, how's fatherhood treating you? Man, I'm getting older every day. <laughs> New body start hurting me every day. Every day. Yeah. You're used to it. You still got some youth left in you, be all right. <laughs> but let's check it out. So when you become a Rockets fan, what is your fandom with the team start with? Yeah, when I was born, man, like, honestly, uh, I mean, the first memories that I got of the Houston Rockets is, like, Bryce Drew, which is, like, 98, 99, um, Steve Francis, Catino Mobley, Moochie Norris, Kelvin Cato, Eddie Griffin, Matt Maloney. You know, that was, like, the first, you know, like, those are, like, my years of, like, you know, my bad, I'm letting the window down. Those was, like, those was, like, my, the Rockets teams that I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was, like, I love Steve Francis watching him dunk and make all types of crazy moves with his handles and shit. But, like, you know, that was really, like, when my fandom of the team really started. And now it's just spurring into what I am today. I say you'd be like that. So you was there when they um so you just started being the fan like the years before y'all got y'all there. Yeah, like you know, like I again since birth, but I mean like y'all y'all was like a part y'all of was like the going. first bit star y'all had when you was a fan. For sure, for sure. Y'all yeah. mean first, you know, the first big, you know, guy to franchise building block, I guess you would say. Yeah, for sure. I like y'all mean. He was cool. That was cool. Prime crush up by them injuries though. Yeah, say sure. still a Hall of Famer. Yeah, for so, sure. Salute that man. How you feel about the current Rockets team and where they standing right now? How's the Harden and Russ experience been this season? I mean, I'm not, I'm not really like, I'm not really sure. Like, if the moves that they've made have definitely been centered to help to help Russell Westbrook in the way that he plays, you know, because you know he's like he's not really that consistent from the outside. The, the mid-range shot, he's okay at, you know, but he's really a force driving in the paint. He's really a force, you know, getting to the paint, getting to the rim. I mean, it was like two months straight where he led the league in points in the paint at like 20 points per game. That's amazing <laughs> to be 6'3", 6'4", and leading the league in points in the paint. But it's not like he was doing it posting up. He was, coming, he was starting on the outside and just really just beating his man off the dribble every single time. Thanks. Yeah, but I really do feel like ball ball has really benefited Russell Westbrook. It was to help Russell Westbrook. I guess Houston felt like Harden was going to get his, however. so yeah, they, Harden is Harden. Yeah, they need to make a move to help Russell Westbrook because, like, the numbers was looking crazy with him and Clint Capella sharing the floor because Capella can't shoot, Russell Westbrook can't shoot, you know, and then Capella was, was also dealing with, like, a major injury. He was playing through it, so kudos to Capella. But you know they made a change that they helped that they thought would help fix the team, and I mean we'll see. I think this hiatus helped them though. Definitely. 
And Russ one of the bigger, stronger, more athletic guards in the league, too, so that opened up space and really helped him everywhere he played. And you can mismatch him against some um, smaller guards down there, too, so. For sure, for sure. Other additional wing tile and space and we're gonna open up things for him. Like I said, hard and it's hard, he gonna eat regardless. So Yeah, but you need size. Like when you go against the other teams in the Western Conference, especially the elite teams, you need yeah. even if you can play a guy for fifteen to twenty two minutes, you need size. You need a threat in there. And that's like where I'm I'm asking questions like can Tyson Chandler give you anything I forgot I had Chandler yeah exactly forgot <laughs> yeah. and Bruno Caboclo give you anything Bruno Caboclo he not no bad guy that wants to play on the outside he wants to face up he wants to shoot threes he wants to handle you know like he's not a pick and roll threat like that's not him so you try to play Jeff Green who's 6'9 six, 6'8 six, but he's a small 6'8 six, 6'9 six, he's not a mm-hmm. PJ Tucker y'all biggest guy y'all ever got out there him and all they and I guess Covington. Exactly. exactly. And it's and it's just it takes away a little bit of the dynamic of the offense, a little bit of the versatility, the lob threat that you used to have. You don't have that lob threat no more, which takes so now Harden has to be even better with his step back three. He has to be even better drawing fouls. He has to be even better finishing in the paint. You know what I'm saying? Like he has to be better at those aspects. And the thing about James Harden is unlike Russell Westbrook, he's not as explosive. He's not as so he needs those other pieces to kind of help help the other parts of his game. You know what I'm saying? Because he's more of an on-the-ground player. He's more like yeah. a little Johnson than he is Michael Jordan. So, yeah. You're going to see how it works. Um, this D'Antoni last year on the contract, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's his last year. Think he coming back next season? I don't know, man. I think it's like championship or bust. Honestly, I feel like he doesn't win a championship. He's not coming back next year. Like, I just feel like that's the type of pressure that he's under. But I honestly don't. I, I honestly don't really like blaming the coach more in the NBA, like yeah. any other league. I'm not really Cause like one because one player in the NBA can swing your game more I, than any other sport. Yeah, like if you put LeBron James on the Rockets, like Mike, there's nothing Mike D'Antoni can do to make him like a better player. Yeah. Like well, we're just going to automatically be good because we have another top player on the planet. That's what I, so I don't feel, feel like, oh, man, Mike, that's sure changed LeBron. Like, no, that's not the case. So you don't subscribe to the uh, people that say D'Antoni is responsible for Harden's elevated play the last year, his bitch stats and all that. <laughs> well, I mean, even, even, even if you want to say that, what coaches – name a coach in the NBA that's, whose job is to maximize – what his player does well. Mike Budenholzer went to the Bucks and maximized Giannis. The general manager looked at the way that Giannis played, looked at the way that Mike Budenholzer coached, and was like, well, what's the best way to maximize Giannis' talent? Surround him with shooters, create space, mm-hmm. let Giannis attack the paint. What has that led to? The Bucks having the number one record in the East, and before the COVID-19 outbreak, we're on pace to win 70 games. So, like, the, the 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 job of a head coach and the GM is to play to the player's strengths. If the player's strength is iso, iso ball to give him the play and let the offense run through him, then why would you do that? Uh, some people try to discredit the best players for having great coaches around them who use them. But, like, that's the coach's job, and you see all the great exactly. players who actually won titles and 
went to Destin Yearly, had the great coaches beside him. So, and plus exactly. the year before he got there, Harden was like twenty nine, seven or seven or something like that. I mean, honestly, the the if a system if the system it entails giving the ball to a guy at the top of the key and letting him go one on one, where he you know like and that's and he shoots a step back three. If the system is making him do that, then why isn't every coach system letting a player do that? Like every player should be averaging. 36 points per game right now. Every single player in the league. Because if the system is simply give the ball, give the ball to one person and let him go one-on-one 60% of the time when he's on the floor, like every 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 single coach should have that system. That's for that formula though. Yeah, that should have that should be your formula. 50 win season every single year. Your player gonna be in top two, top three, MVP talks, you're gonna be a championship contender. Why wouldn't you implement that system? Uh, and some players can't play like that too. So and Harden is a special breed where you can get him the ball all game and say, "Take us there." And he gonna yeah. take you that we've seen it all last season too. For sure. I mean, and every year he's been in Houston, pretty much. It is. It is what it is. But you just you run into great teams. You run into Golden State. Yeah. Run into San Antonio. Who who knows how that series would turn out if Zaza Pachulia doesn't take out Kawhi Leonard's ankle? You know mm. what I'm saying? You see. You see what happens. When you give Harden the number two, when you give him a, a Chris Paul, the first year you have Chris Paul, you win 65 games, you push the Warriors to seven before Chris Paul gets hurt in game uh, six or five. Like, you see what happens. So, And y'all the closest team to even get close to um, knocking off the Warriors like, when they had no, KD. No, no team has – no team being coached any type of way, being coached with any type of system by any type of players – has come close to knocking off the Warriors. But Mike D'Antoni, whose system doesn't work, who has a fluke superstar, who plays the worst way, that's the style <laughs> of play that come the closest to knocking them off. So, like, to me, it's like the math doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah, that's like, well, if the system doesn't work, why did it almost beat this dynasty that y'all claim is the best team to ever be assembled? And it was unfair that KD went there and blah, blah, blah. But that team that plays the way that you hate, that nobody can win playing a solid ball, actually came the closest to knocking that team off. So it's like the math doesn't add up. The logic doesn't add up. You know? I the one criticism I do, well, I want to say, well, two criticisms I do have a Mike that I think are valid. Uh, he doesn't make the adjustments a lot during games. Like you saw during the 27 miss, um, straight missed threes, he wouldn't run any sets, call anything different. He let y'all. This state of motion, and the second one is that he doesn't let Harden take the um, the mid-range shots. He's actually good at if you would just let him get in the area and work, but he kind of takes that out of his game and takes that out of everybody's game to an extent. I think. Yeah, I Except mean, except for with, maybe um Chris Paul, he let him take those shots, but with that, I feel like Mike D'Antoni is not gonna bench James Harden if he takes a mid-range shot. So the notion that he doesn't quote unquote let him take mid-range shots, Harden embraces the system. If Harden doesn't take a mid-range shot, that's because he doesn't want to. Mike D'Antoni is not going to stop James Harden from doing a damn thing that he wants to do <laughs> court. So, like, that's on Harden to take more mid-range shots. As far as the 27 missed threes go, the Rockets play – the Rockets had Chris Paul as a stabilizer at all. Chris Paul was the second option. He was a he was a stabilizer of our offense, so to, so to speak. So, when we was going cold from the three or we when we did – have an offensive threat to get us to the free throw line when Harden was resting. 
Chris Paul was that pulse. Chris Paul was that second option that we could go to and say, hey, man, you know, the offense is struggling right now. We need you to come in here and give us 28 to 32 good minutes of great basketball to help us stabilize his offense. When Chris Paul gets hurt, now you miss that stabilizer of the offense. So now mm-hmm. you know what you've been doing prior to Chris Paul being there. So when you say he didn't make any adjustments, I kind of feel like it's hard to tell guys that's been practicing for 82 games in a season, that's been practicing for training camp, that's been practicing during the preseason, that's been practicing during postseason play. It's hard to tell them on the fly, hey, change what you're doing like that. Yeah. But to say about the flip side to that is you're supposed to use the 82 games and the preseason and the training camp to kind of implement those plan Bs and Cs. So. Yeah, exactly. But the one thing so. you're not on in practice is Chris Paul hurting his hamstring. Yeah, definitely. So that's game one, plan for that. Exactly. That's the one thing that you're not expecting. One thing that I count on game seven is to have the referees call to call the game unfair. <laughs> those calls going against you if I have two made hard threes be wiped off the board and be called fouls on the floor. You know, like those are the things that you don't account into. You don't count on the reason going 0 for 11 from the field in game seven, 0 for 7 from three. You don't count You don't count on him having zero points in a critical game seven. Those are the things that you don't account for. You can say, well, why don't you run the play for a reason? Okay, I'll run the perfect hammer screen or I'll run the perfect pin down screen, perfect flare screen to get a reason open look and he misses. Now what? True. Adjustment to a missed shot. There's no adjustment to that. You missed the shot. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it goes both ways. I, I understand both sides of the argument. Like I say, I'm more of a person. I'm more of a player blamer than I am a coach blamer. I'm not going to blame Mike D'Antoni for Trevor Reason missing uh, 11, 11 shots. Or right. not Mike D'Antoni's fault. Ariza should have made a wide open three. He's an NBA player. He makes he made eight nine million dollars a year. Get it done. Key piece of y'all team all year to no show that last game and skipped out on town too. You said what? Oh said yeah. Key part of y'all team skipped out town though the Phoenix for fifteen M's at the end of the season too. Million dollars I would have skipped out too. Especially <laughs> he like what, thirty three, thirty four too? Exactly. I would have skipped out too. But that team had a one year window, man. I told people that yeah. I, I honestly in my mind, I'm just this gonna sound crazy as hell, but like in my mind, I felt like that team, it was better for us to lose because I thought, this is me, I thought that LeBron was going to see what we did to the Warriors and was going to say, I can beat that team. I thought LeBron was You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul has bet one of his godfathers to his kids or something like that. Chris Paul, Harden, LeBron, that would have been enough. With Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, that would have been enough to get going. That would have been dope. Yeah, they, they would have swept them or beat them in five games. If Chris Paul and Harden all the seven games, what is LeBron going to add LeBron to that mix going to do? But, you know, LeBron wanted to, you know, be a movie star. So, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't factor that into the equation. I thought that it was, like, all about basketball. And that's my mistake. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Same. I, feel. I thought it was between y'all and um, – I thought the Spurs had a chance to sign him, too, before the whole Kawhi situation blew oh, up in yeah. their face. I don't think nobody saw that one coming. For sure. LeBron will harden Chris Paul, maybe like a small ball for y'all team if y'all got to convince him to get back down there. You got three dudes that's elite in isolation. You got three dudes that's elite in pick and roll play. Like, I thought that, I mean, on paper to me, it made sense. Made sense to me too, so. Yeah. It made sense to Brown that he wanted to play in L.A., get his homeboy AD over there with him, so. 
least you're happy though. Yeah, for sure. It is what it is. So nothing that you've been big on that you always like ran about there so often is how narratives like to shape our perception of players and keep players from winning certain awards or keep them out of certain talks. So so you wanna go into that? I mean so how do you feel like narratives are shaped, say they say you feel hard has been robbed of all three of his um MVPs that didn't win? I feel like I guess maybe robbed is the wrong the wrong thing to say. I guess I feel like the narrative just changes. And I guess that that would indirectly say that would that would be me indirectly saying that he's been getting robbed. But I feel like he's he's like the 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 shit changes. So in twenty fourteen Kevin Durant wins MVP. Russell Westbrook missed like forty games that year. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Won fifty five games. Kevin Durant was on the tear. He led them to the second seed in the West despite all the injuries to his team. And he won MVP. Boom. Okay, that's great. That's a great time for him. Great season for him. The very next season, the Rockets injuries. Harden, his second best player, misses 40 games. Patrick Beverly missed 30 games. Terrence Jones missed 76, 70 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, And we win one more game than OKC won the previous year when KD won MVP. They went 55 to 27. The Rockets went 56 to 26. And Harden doesn't win it. And they say, well, the the award goes to the best player on the best team. Well, I'm like, well, that wasn't the case the year before. Uh The year before, Kevin Durant was the second seed. Now, I I didn't know that second seed meant best player on best team. I I did not know that. So (laughs) I felt like he was robbed in that sense. Like, I felt like, well, shit. Harden basically did the same thing Kevin Durant there prior, but he didn't win me. Okay, cool, boom. So you go to 2017. You talk about, well, Russell Westbrook won uh, at the sixth seed. The first player to win wasn't like a number one or number two or number three seed, like 1978 or 79 or some shit like that. And they said, well, it's because he had a historic season. It was because he did something that hasn't been done since like Oscar Robertson, right? So Despite him being a six seed, he did something that hasn't been done. Historical relevance, they gave it to him. And Harden, the wins didn't matter that year. Okay, cool. Cool. But go to 2018. Harden does something that hasn't been done since Kobe Bryant. He averages 36 points a game, but he also does something that Kobe Bryant has, didn't do when he won, when he averaged 35 plus points per game. He, he won. Yes, he actually won 50 plus games. His seed was a number three seed in the West. They wasn't the number six or seven seed like Kobe seed was. And don't forget, they started the um, first half of the season in the bottom of the standings. And Chris Paul. Was then forced hard to hand to go on that tear. Chris Paul is a step slow all year in and out the lineup. 24 games. Clint Capella, Chris Paul, and EG, your top three players besides Harden, missed a combined 50 games in the Western Conference. And Harden does something historic while also winning. And then you give it to Giannis because he's the best player on the best team. So it's just I just feel like the narrative just switches. And it's not just MVP. It's 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 uh defensive teams, all NBA teams. About he doesn't show up in the postseason, the all NBA teams, how he got snubbed one year. Yeah, he got snubbed um in favor of Jimmy Butler and Jimmy um missed like the last maybe a couple weeks out of the season, missed the playoffs. Wasn't that it was uh he got snubbed, and they said, well, because his team didn't win. His, the Rockets went 41-41 and 41 that year. They were the eighth seed in the West. They got beaten five games by Golden State in the first round. 
And they said, well, Harden didn't make the NBA team despite averaging 29, 8, and 6 because his team didn't win. But the very next year, the very next season, Jimmy Butler made uh, third-team All-NBA, and his team went 41 and 41, and he did not average what Harden averaged. So I was like, well, what was the difference? All right. So, you know, I just feel like it's like a likability thing. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just something about Harden's personality. Maybe he just doesn't give guys interviews that they want. So, like, they just hold it out on him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they just don't like the way that he plays. So they just they just hold that again. But I just feel like it's an unfair narrative. Like, if he's such a poor playoff performer, then how was he able to push the Warriors to seven games with Chris Paul, but LeBron with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, they got beaten five games. Like, I don't understand. LeBron is the GOAT. So, like, where's, like, something's not – again, this is when my math starts. Like, my math starts to <laughs> – start thinking like two plus two is not adding up like you know what I'm saying so like that's just what I like he's a poor playoff he pushed the greatest team ever assembled to seven games so it just doesn't add up to me man so then the year he um then the year he did when they tried to put a mid-season rally together for LeBron after he um quit on the team for like a month or so the player get blew out twice by 40 points trade the whole team traded away in January, mid-January, after getting blown out by 40 and still Sleepwalking on defense all year. Still being the MVP talks. Like, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's astonishing. But, hey, it's neither here nor there. Like I said, it's basically, like, for lack of a better word, it was the here nigga down award. You know? <laughs> like, damn, nigga, you've been crying all these years. We're going we gonna to finally give it to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But to his so, credit, though, the year y'all got it, he did earn it. Rockets 60 went historically great offense all year long. So, for sure, for that's sure. That's all his um, career up to that point. For sure. I, I I personally think that not this season, but previous season, when he was, like, scoring 50 a game every night damn near, I personally feel like that's the best I've ever seen James Harden play, personally. I'm not mad like, at He was on the better, even, even better than his MVP year. Like, I feel like that was his best year. I just can't argue that. So, yeah. any other players you feel like benefit from their fandom or love in the media besides I mean, every, LeBron every player, stuff? Every every player every player benefits from it. You know what I'm saying? Like Giannis, Anthony Davis, those are two players who always ask questions. I'm like, well, you hold this against Harden, but this player, like people think, like Giannis just got in the league. Giannis been in the league for a minute. Giannis only playoffs, um, like, a year um, after AD. He's been in the league for, like, four or five years. I mean, no, he's been in the playoffs, like, four or five times. Last year was his first time getting out the first round, and they played, like, a 40-win Detroit Pistons team that did not have a healthy Blake Griffin. You know, they played a dysfunctional Celtics team that hated each other with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> they not even gotten out the first round and Victor Oladipo was healthy. You feel what I'm saying? Like, because they did not like each other. Then yeah. when he finally played some competition, they lost four in a row. After yeah, so I mean, I mean I don't know, but like you trust him in the playoffs. The Anthony Davis is another guy. Like he's the Anthony Davis has been a AD been a top five player from the start of the season five years in a row at Crazy. this point. I'm keeping I'm, I'm keeping hard now my top five because of playoff performances, but AD makes it. What? Like I don't I don't like I never understood that logic. You know, like to me it's just it's so confusing, like, the hot shit just, like, fluctuates. It's just, like, logic yeah. just fluctuates. 
And I'm just like, well, what's going on? Like, what is it about this particular player that just turns you off so much to the point where you're letting your emotions outweigh your logic? So, I don't make no sense. I don't know, man. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I I just like this. I question these things all the time, and people just, they just can't never give me like straight up answers. What do you think? Let me ask you this, because I've been doing a lot of talking. What do you think? Why do you think that narrative? Do you agree with the narratives? Why do you think they exist? Like about him as a player. The narratives exist to sell stories for the most part, to get clicks online, because that's the age we live in where the rapid headline sells and everybody spends the whole day viral on Twitter arguing, debating back and forth. So that's why the narratives exist. Do you think they're justified? Do you think they, do you think that what they what what's said about Harden is true? What they say is it justified. In a sense, I'm gonna say is the complete narrative of him being the playoff failure true? No. Do I think he has started in big moments in the playoffs? True. Yes. There are some moments where I, I try not to knock because, like you said, he loses to the greatest team ever for like the last five years or so. Then there's only maybe a couple moments where I really put it in his hand was last year. Kind of got to give him a little – put him at fault a bit for um, not knocking off the words once KD goes down. And that um that first game he got hurt was game five. Then in game six, not well, that's the whole team thing. In the next game, not capitalize on Steph going out and um going cold the whole first half. That's when I fought him for the Kawhi, not Kawhi, you know, um, twenty seventeen when they lost to the Spurs, he didn't show that big game. But yeah, I think sure. he might have had like a concussion. And I don't know you playing that. I just think he stuck sucked. You think he's just personally, personally, I, I just he sucked, personally. People I'm be not saying I don't even remember him getting hit in the head that game. Like, I, like when did the concussion occur? They hit your elbow like the previous game, like that fourth quarter or something. But either way, it's not excusable because whole yeah. OT, Kawhi's out, OT you had, game, game four. Hurt, you should have sat out. Anything what you did when you ran out there. Yes, you got to play. Once you got out there, you had to, what, like 10 turnovers that game? Yeah, he was wilding. He was wilding, man. So, I like those those type of things are justified. Like I don't never argue with that shit. You know what I'm saying? How he closed out Game Five in the fourth quarter in overtime against San Antonio in 2017. I'm not gonna argue that. Game Six. I'm not gonna argue that. Like everything else, I'm like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do we ask other players to step up? Like. Curry, it was a reason why Steph Curry was able to have zero points in the first half and the game still be tied. Because he had teammates step up. Mm-hmm. What do people ask Harden's teammates? Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you getting paid? <laughs> you know, like, why are you, don't you, you collect your check on the first and the 15th, right? When are you going to do something? Right. And Chris Paul, he, like I said, he was struggling that whole season. He didn't have good games for those last two of the own Warriors. The last, the last, exactly. And he picked up him and Mike D'Antoni picked up two critical late technical fouls. Like, right. Clint Capella out there getting out rebounded by Kevon Looney. That's the, the defenders Kevin, are leaving, leaving Iggy wide open from three all game. I'm saying. So, at what point do we ask other guys to step up? Like, why is it always just hard, 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 hard? Well, like, we don't ask none of that from no other player. Like. Kawhi can get help. Steph can get help. Uh, LeBron can get help. KD can get help. KD can go run to these dudes <laughs> and join team. And we don't knock that. But Harden, no, he can't handle help. He got to do a bye. 
himself. I got to do it by himself. You know what I'm so I just, I, that's why I be like, that's why I start asking the questions. Like, well, damn, well, well, when are you going to ask this from other players? Like, why is it always like, Harden do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, this. And then people like to say, well, because his GM compares him to Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan, last time I checked, had help. I remember him having help. I remember him having Scottie Pippen. I remember him having Horace Grant. I remember him having Tony Kukoc. I remember him having Dennis Rodman. Like, I remember him having help. When are we going to ask Harden's teammates to step up? That's my, that'd be my biggest gripe. That's it. And that's my biggest problem with how the narrative surround the star players, like, for Giannis, for example, um, last year, yeah, he did struggle, and they did choke the four. You can't deny that. He got locked up by the Raptors. But to his credit, they were, like, triple-teaming him, throwing multiple drives at him. And then when you put the sole weight on, Giannis didn't step up, which is true. But when you look at his second and third best players, who are Middleton and Bledsoe, and Bledsoe's out here oh, turning the ball over every time he walks up court. Middleton's getting outscored by Norman Powell, who hadn't been good for, like, the whole – Six months leading up to that, um, those last four games. So he's out there with Brogdon and Brooke Lopez. So I'm not, and, and this is when I throw. This is when I throw my unfairness into the ring. This is when I start throwing in narratives, and it's not fair, but I do it to show people how stupid it is to do it to James Harden. If that same situation happened to Harden, nobody would want to hear it. Harden got. Right. I don't want to hear it from Giannis. If Giannis, I, tell you. I don't want to hear it. It's like how we got to tell um, I know I have to tell um, the big bronze stands every year crying about the no teammates, them no showing him having no help, having bad coaches, but then you completely ignore the fact that he handpicks the teams he's been to the last few years. He chooses who he wants to play with, and then you put him in these goat categories. So it's like you say it's not fair to hold him to that standard. He has to do it all by himself. But when you say all year long, he was better than this guy and that guy and all these other players that play the game who, who have instead of them doing and elevating their team. So then you kind of have to put the weight on his shoulders. Mm. So, like, you can't have the narratives both ways. Exactly. You can't paint exactly. the picture of the guy getting it done with no help constantly and then flipping and say he had no help when he finally lost the game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I understand that. I understand that logic. Me personally – I go by help on by game-by-game status. If you won this game that night, that Sunday night you went off and you didn't have no help and your team won, you did it with no help. The very next game, you did the same thing, but your teammates didn't show up that night specifically, you didn't have help. That's just how I go by it. But not everybody does that. So, I feel you. I, and I respect that. But that's just not how I look at it because on a game-to-game basis, different players get hot. Different players get cold. Different players get in foul trouble. Different players don't. So on a game-by-game basis, LeBron may have help. He may not have help. That's just how I see it. Harden may have helped this game. Like, Chris Paul, in my opinion, did not show up and be the Chris Paul that we know and love until game six. In my So one out of six games, that's 16%. 16% of that series, Chris Paul was Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Was it, so Was it enough, though? He was helped 16% of the time. That's not really help. Not at all. So that's just my opinion. But everybody has different opinions. Everybody sees it differently. That's awesome. So in your opinion, what's the what's one valid criticism of Harden that you will give everybody? Say, like about his one, overall game? One valid criticism is he needs to utilize the mid-range more. Mm-hmm. He needs 
despise the mid-range more. I would rather him take – cut his threes down to instead of taking 14 threes a game, take nine to ten threes a game, and those five that you stopped shooting or those four that you stopped shooting, shoot four mid-range shots. I'm not mad at it. Like, that's what I think. That's what I, that's what I would personally like to see. I would like to see him also be more – and this this don't matter, but this is just a personal preference. I would like to see him be more publicly coachable. I would like to see – let him – like how Tim Duncan used to let Popovich yell at him. Yeah. Let him yell at you so that that shit can trickle down to Eric Gordon. It can trickle down to P.J. Tucker. It can – that's how you make your teammates better by you holding yourself accountable and you letting the coach coach you publicly. That yeah. way, players see that, oh, shit, he yelling at Harden who making $200 million a year. He can yell at me, too. Yeah, I think um, I listened to all the smoke. Steven Jackson said something about that um, pertaining to Pop and Tim. He said Pop would yell at him, and he'd get mad, like, who you think he's talking to? Then he looked over the next time while he's screaming in Tim's face. So he's like, so he can talk to Tim like that, then who am I to get mad? So just let me go. Just do what he's telling me to do. Exactly. And that's championship pedigree. That's something. Now, everybody has different ways to lead. Like, I ain't never seen no coach berate LeBron like that. And he got three championships. So, it's yeah. not – I'm not saying that that formula works all the time. But I'm just saying I, that's just a personal preference for me. But to LeBron, when LeBron was actually being coached in Miami, and you saw Spo putting him in such a situation that he flourished in, like, the two – Three years where they went super small, he had LeBron at the four, um, night in and night out. You see, that he played the you know, best ball of his career at that point. Again, again, to me, again, he it was more so in my opinion because I look at players, Dwayne yeah. playing with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh that took immense pressure off him for the first time in his career. He did not have like in a, when the postseason came, he knew I got another dude that can give me thirty points a game. He never had that. Mo Williams, you couldn't go into a series and be like, Mo Williams going to get it done. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Like, never, like, nobody has ever said that in the history of ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why when people say, well, he won 60 games. I'm like, yeah, in the regular season, but in the postseason, when it was time to put your nuts where your mouth is, like, what happened? Like, Chris Middleton, the Bucks won 60 games last year. But what happened when it was time for Chris Middleton to step up? Fast. So, I'm not going to say, well, they was a 60-win team. Well, in reality, when you're playing the Hawks four times a year, the Knicks four, <laughs> Bulls four times, four times a year, you're going to stack up wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's just my opinion, though. Again, who am I? You, you got it out for the Bucks. <laughs> I know, man. I, I don't got it out for the Bucks, man. I just don't like narratives, man. Like, I really, I honestly, I just don't like narratives. And when I hear narratives, I hold players to that same account. And then people don't like it because they're like, well, that's not fair because you got to factor in this and this. Well, I'm like, well, if you can factor in this and this for that player, then why you can't do it for that player? Like, that's all I say. That's all I say. Nah, I hear you. <laughs> Street, I think Kawhi has an interesting narrative starting to form around him the last couple of well, the last year pretty much. What you mean? The dynasty slayer. He beat the Heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he beat the Warriors. If he wins one more title, he's going to be – Top yeah. 15, top 20 all time. That's the bullshit I'm talking about. KD played a quarter and a half. I, I, will, I will go as far as saying this. KD didn't have to play a game that series. If Clay Thompson get hurt, 
You said what? I said I would go as far as saying is this. If let's say Clay play not one game that series. If Clay Thompson don't get hurt, they win. The Warriors win. Fastest Clay missed what was a game three and then he got hurt. During that momentum shift in game six. They was giving bro, they was giving him work. Clay was giving him work. It was a close game with Clay Thompson alone. KD was gone. KD towards Achilles. And Clay was still out there. The game was going back and forth. Once Clay towards ACL, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. And to Kawhi. And Kawhi didn't play that great that series. I don't thought except for maybe Kawhi played a few okay. games. He played he played good for a superstar, but he wasn't no he wasn't the level I, he was in the um, like I think the second round against the Philly that he was in the um Kawhi against the Warriors. Played. Played well enough to win. Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam had two 30-point games that series. Uh, Lowry had the best game of his life the last game. Fred Van Fleet was cooking Steph Curry. Like, it was, it was, I mean, shit. It was it was a good, it was a team win. Team effort. Team win. Got to give him props. Y'all two can't take nothing away from him. Mm-hmm. So speaking of play, y'all think, how you feel about the league coming back to play in Orlando? I think that's a good idea. I mean, I like it, but personally, after Kyrie Irving made his statement about what he said, I kind of agree with Kyrie Irving, bro. I just don't think that that should play. It was with the state of America right now and just putting a spotlight on what's going on in America and kind of bringing the NBA back, it's a distraction. Like, I, I made a tweet. I said, nobody's going to want to hear from Russell Westbrook if he have a game where he went 5-17 for 17 with eight turnovers and he talking about Breonna Taylor. Nobody – it's fucked up Nobody. as that – Nobody's going to want to hear it. They're going to say, oh, you're just talking about social justice to, to try to distract from the point that you had a bad game. I know that's going to happen. That's going to happen. So I don't think that people saying that, oh, they're going to lose a platform, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they should play. I think that they should sit out and tell these owners and tell these uh, American whole, as a whole, hey, we're not going to play anymore. So this, 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 this is done. Athletes have power. It's time to flex that power. Facts. And people say, what is sitting out of season going to do? But when you, uh, you remember when they had the bathroom law in North Carolina about like two years ago? Yeah, that shit changed quick. And as soon as they stripped the All-Star game for them, the law's gone overnight. They switched that shit quick. That shit happened like that. They said, oh, no, All-Star game. away. that brings too much money to the city. So you take away what? 30 NBA franchises take away that revenue influx to that city? To the hotel industry, the entertainment, the TV deals. Yep. Anything that brings. Yep. Tourism, that's like, that's a billion off the table. 30 cities right there. Exactly. So, I mean, they got power. But then I also understand the players that just love the game and want to play. I can't knock them neither. Okay, not though. So, they do come back to play, which is looking like because they got a report in, like, tomorrow day after something like that. Yeah. So you think got the upper hand when it all start back up? Who the favorites are was? I think every, every team that's a contender got the upper hand, man. I mean, you got to rest. You got to heal. You got to you got to get the cobwebs out your system. You got to get that itch back. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. drain. When you sit down and ain't doing shit, you get that itch back. Now your motivation is all the way here. You know what I'm saying? So I think every team that was a contender, if they've been doing what they're supposed to do, they got they're gonna do it. If the Lakers don't have the White Howard, that's gonna be a blow. That's gonna right. be a blow. 
Howard, great pick and roll player, great rebounder, great defender, great rep protector. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be a blow. Now you got to depend on JaVale McGee more minutes. You got to depend on Anthony Davis to protect the rim longer. We know he's susceptible to injury. You know what I'm saying? So I think the Clippers, they're going to benefit. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George already like to load manage 60 games a year. Now they got an extra, you know, 30 games, 30, two months, three months to old manage even more. So they're going to be, they're going to be well rested when they come back. Rock is going to be well rested. Uh, Milwaukee is going to be well rested. The Sixers, Ben Simmons was have, had it back. Yeah, he was about to miss like the first round of the playoffs, was, I think. First round of the playoffs with that back tight. Now that shit is going. So it helped. It, it helped everybody. You know, it helped. So, I mean, I don't really think anybody is at an advantage or a disadvantage besides the Lakers if they lose the White House. <laughs> I'll see. Clippers versus Lakers. Um, I got the Clippers, man. I just think that they have they have guard play that they need. They got the wing play that they need. They got the they got the forward play if they need. They got and they got a center that can play eighteen to twenty four minutes if they need it. Zubac, you know what I'm saying? They got the center, so I think that it'll be. I think they're gonna be fine too. I think that the Clippers are the favorites. I think after that is probably Milwaukee or the Lakers. I think everybody else is like a dark horse. Personally, uh, so Rockets too. You don't think y'all match up well with the Clippers? I don't think that the Rockets. I, 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 unless, unless, I don't think that they're gonna be. I don't think they got it enough, man. Because we don't have no big. We don't have a big that can play. You know, Harden would have to be hit like six, seven threes a game. He would have to go seven for fifteen from three every game for us to have every a chance. Because Russell. <laughs> Russell Westbrook was dominating, and we were still losing. He was getting 20, 28 points in the paint every night, and we were losing because we didn't have Harden's three ball. He was going for Damn. two. You know, if we don't have that aspect of our offense, no matter what Russell Westbrook does. Cheapest owner in the league made y'all get rid of y'all bit, man. <laughs> Say what? I said cheapest owner in the league made y'all cross cut mid-season when y'all supposed to be retooling. I mean, maybe, but I think that it was more so. Well, I'm gonna go by what Darren Moore said. Darren Moore said that the team. Darren Moore said that they looked at the team with Clint Capella and they felt like they that team was not good enough to win championship. So he said that they traded for Robert Covington, and though that that does though that move doesn't mean that they're necessarily a championship team. He felt like in their eyes, it gave them a a, a better chance at, compete, at competing for a title than they did with Clint Capella. So that's just what I'm gonna go by. <laughs> you ain't gonna go by the theory that um what's his name? So. Tell me I think Tell me blew all his money on the Rockets, his hotel business ain't booming like that to recoup yet. You don't think he and Moria telling him to I, cut that salary down? I think that he's cheap. I don't think that he's cheap. Like and he's only made one financial move in my opinion that's pissed me off. That move was trading James and his salary cap space. That yeah. was the one move that he did that pissed me off because that was a wing that could defend to play basketball. And he traded him for nothing. You know, so he <laughs> traded him. But, like, other than that, I mean, and even then, the Rockets kind of picked – they kind of supplemented James Ennis with Iman Shepard, which, I mean, I don't think Iman Shepard was that, that a good decision because James Ennis is a better three-point shooter. The Rockets shoot threes, so. Yeah, so. Get it. But, yeah, other than that, that was like the only move that he's made thus far. Mostly that's been pissing me off is just him trying to act like he's this big mob boss owner. 
Like that's that that's what pisses me off more than anything that he's done as like you know a rocket owner basketball wise. Yeah, I feel you. And you think he gonna stay the owner for two months longer? For sure, I think that he gonna be a rocket owner for as long as shit because he living shit. I mean, like you you don't see teams moving around that much in ownership. Yeah, but you don't see owners out here you know, scraping for pennies often like he's seen to be doing the last couple months. For sure. <laughs> they said that man been in um, Adam Silver here pressing for them boys to come back and play. Man, yeah, he, he, I know he called Adam Silver every day. We about to play it. We about to play it. <laughs> Boy, they need report, that concerns. They reported on the 24th. We going to see, man. We going to see what skinny Harden got. We going to see best shape of his life, they saying. No strip club, Harden. That's what they say. We going to see. <laughs> I feel um, Biggest threat to Milwaukee out of uh, biggest threat, Boston. Boston. You name think, believer in Toronto? I, I, I like – I love Toronto. I, okay, Toronto. Toronto and Boston. But you said biggest threat, and in yeah. my opinion, I just feel like Boston has more elite scoring, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tight, tight game, need a bucket scoring. I feel like Boston has more. Like – they guard on Toronto, their best guard, scoring guard, would be Fred Van Fleet. Celtics got Kimber Walker. The Celtics, uh, the uh, the Raptors' best uh, wing scorer is Pascal Siakam. I think Jason Tatum is a better perimeter scorer than, and, like, go get a bucket score. Yeah. Than, you know what I'm saying? Now, where the, the Raptors got stress is, the Rap- Raptors better with the bigs, they better in the paint. So and they, you know, they probably got better rent protection. The, the Celtics throwing out, you know what I'm saying, and uh, Daniel Dice. You know what I'm saying? Said Tice, I though. Said though. I'm not comparing to Toronto. Yeah, they got more depth so, in that bit this yeah. year. You know, I mean, that's that's like the only that's like the, the advantage that the Toronto Raptors got in my eyes is like they bigs, they rent protection, they defense. I feel that I ain't mad at you. Not a believer in Philly switching the gear late. Uh, I'm not a believer in Philly, man. I was. I thought signing Al Horford, bringing in Josh Richardson. I thought that was. I was like, oh, Philly. That's. I was like, they ready to go. Then I saw the way they was playing. I was like, nah, they not. They not it. Ben Simmons just don't click, man. They don't click. They need more. See that the team they had, um, Simmons and Embiid first year together. Is the model they should have stuck by the last few years, I think, but just improve those like yeah. pieces in between. But now you take away their space and you get a instead of spending the money on like a Al Hofer, they should have spent their money on the Malcolm Brogdon who signed for like twenty mil less than Hofer and was yeah. a and who was dead set on leaving Milwaukee because he hated them. Yeah. He's just sure. coming off of 50, 40, 90 season. That gives you another ball handler, another floor space, the guy who's going to make the right play every time. Maybe Jimmy Butler and got Josh Richardson. Yeah, I think that was a good move, too. So Jimmy wanted it out, so at least they didn't let him walk for nothing. Yeah. You would have you had Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Malcolm Brock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, then you – No, because you had, they, they had to bring oh. back Tobias because they didn't want to um, – they spent a lot on him, so they might as well have brought him back so they don't look completely. And they lost him for nothing, too, so. Should have kept JJ too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that's that's I mean shit. That's you ask my two teams, Toronto and Boston, man. I think that's I think that those are the two teams, you know what I'm saying, that pose the biggest threat to Milwaukee. I do. I, I, I I'm really, 
man. Like, I just feel like Jason Tatum is just, he's emerged. Like, yeah, I said. You said you had some thoughts on him um, earlier today. You hit me up. What was that? I, I seen Jason Tatum. I seen things from Jason Tatum and shit that I was not expecting. The side-stepping threes, the step-back threes. I was like, this dude is looking like Harden. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he was surprising me, man. Like, every time I thought, like, I was like, oh, he in the ceiling. Boom, he would do it the next game. And he would do it the next game. And he would do it the next game. I was like, when is it going to stop? And he just kept doing it. He just kept doing it. Kept The only time he struggled literally was against Houston. Yeah. Both times. I was like, <laughs> I thought he was going to cook our ass out. Like, Damn, bro. But he literally struggled every single time. So I was like, Shh, shit, okay. I cook everybody else then. You know what I'm saying? It's, I think it's finally clicked mentally for him, which I because you watched him the first two years. The talent was always there. You watched him yeah. in college. The talent was always there. But like I said mentally it finally clicked because he was like hesitant before and was always a step slow, didn't know what shot to take, what spot to go to. And now it's just he right there with, getting up with the elite guys in the he, lead now. He's taking more threes, too, and he's cut. Like, he's still taking mid-range shots, but he's more – He's more committed to the three than he is the mid range. I think that's, I think really that's what's clicked. And he's he's being when he drives to the rim, he's looking to finish. Yes, because that was a real big pet peeve for two years. Either blowing slightly contested layups or getting the ball stripped, not going up strong, not trying to absorb that contact. He's six nine, man. That man, that man can do everything. Uh, man. Uh, last year, out of night. I don't like players that try to play like Kobe that's not nowhere near as talented as Kobe. If you that was take, the issue last year. Don't take the shots that Kobe take. You need to be on Kobe's level of taking them. So don't uh, work out with Kobe for offseason and think you can play like him. Like, uh, that's, that pisses me off. Like, I, I, I did not like Tatum last year. This year I don't I, blame you. This year I was like, damn, Tatum has – it's crazy how he went from being one of my least liked players to one of my most liked players ever. Like, it's crazy. So, It'd be like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like him now, man. It's crazy. You a big on um, Jalen Brown guy, too, ain't you? Yeah, I'm like Jalen Brown, man. I thought that we should have gave you our click fella for Jalen Brown, man. Boy. <laughs> I, trade. I thought that was an even trade. Like, Clint Capella for Jalen Brown in the first. Like, I thought that was, I thought that was an easy trade, man. Yeah, I, I wish I thought. <laughs> all the protect in the pick and roll threat. We would have got us the wing. That'd have been a, that'd have been a good that's a good trade. You know like both teams got a good what they needed. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm not rolling with you, dog. <laughs> I'm just saying, dog. I might have considered giving y'all like Gordon Hayward or something. Consider. Jalen Brown is what we need, but we need a wing that can defend, that can shoot threes, that can handle. Boom, Jalen Brown. Y'all need a big that can roll to the rim, in the perimeter. Boom, good. Nah, I ain't rolling. We need that floor spacing, big. We ain't got time for no um, propeller to take our space in the paint. You got Daniel Thice to play some situational minutes when y'all need a spacing. You know what I'm oh, saying? Got in a scanner, but Capella could be that. Listen, that, said Chandler. Uh, that Capella could be that big. That y'all those situational minutes. That situational rim protection. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It win-win. It's a win-win, bro. It's no, fight. I'm not. I'm, I'm not rolling, bro. <laughs> uh, man, uh, I might be a homer, but I'm not rolling. Celtics fans was really on my ass when I said that. I was like, damn, man, bro, right. what I said wrong, bro. I was, what I said nah, wrong. You was, nah, you was trying to – you knew what you was doing. <laughs> like, well, last I, year, I think you said um, Jalen Brown for Mellow, like, early season. I was like, all right, now. <laughs> I said, Jalen Mellow? 
Yeah, like early in the season. <laughs> Melo, Melo can score, bro. Melo can score, yeah, all right. Melo can score. So, get that ball on the block, he can get at you a bucket. Melo the bounce back, though. No shade. Salute, Melo. All time. A bucket. I said he scored. <laughs> That's about it. But next thing. But um, so back to Harp said, you've been vocal about Harden versus the other great shooting guards, you know, and other great players in general. You done went okay. to war about Harden and Wade, Harden and Iverson. I think Harden and Curry got you banned from um, got you banned from the Bay for the moment. Got to be banned what? From the Bay. I don't think you good out there at the moment for like five years of trying Man, to wage war against some boys. Going out there, it's sweet out there, bro. Going, <laughs> it's sweet out there. Going out there, candy on the block, bro. Hey, <laughs> bro. By one name versus Harden, get you and the whole fan base rolling on a good day. Harden versus T Mac. Yeah. What you want me to dive into that? Dive into that one. People I'm, say, I've seen some gruesome taste that if y'all had Mac instead of Harden, y'all do this and that. It's more, it's more that it's, it's the Anthony Davis. It's the Anthony Davis. Man. It's, oh, he's so talented. Well, when is this shit going to translate into W? <laughs> man, like, when, how can you be, how can you do X, Y, Z better than this player, but have not won more than that player? Well, he ain't had no help. He ain't had enough help to get out the first round. Really? The first I, round. I've never had, <laughs> I've never expected Tracy McGrady to lead a team to a championship. What the said. I have never asked. I have never Tracy McGrady to lead a team to a championship. The only thing I have asked Tracy McGrady, the only <laughs> thing Tracy McGrady, get out the first round. Get out the first round. So what year um what year Mac get the O four? O five? He got there in 04, 05, yeah. I think I think yeah, I, was, I had Matt from 04 to 09. The one yeah. year he's out, they finally win the um, <laughs> playoff series, take the eventual champs to seven games, minus him and y'all, opposed mm. to damn, five, years, five years of heart. Not five, what? Seven, I think, or so of heart. Yeah. Compared to two conference finals births. Mm hmm So compare yeah. how to – Difference yeah. in impact between those years of, so like I said, both star shooting guards, both you say was at their peak with y'all. So take us through the disappointment of those first years with Matt versus these years with Harden and how they skill sets translate to different results. Tracy McGrady was just a disappointment. From the moment the Rock <laughs> two games in that, they went up 2 0 and then they lost in seven. They lost game seven by 40 points in the first round. He was crying, talking about he tried. You know what I'm saying? To get that first, he got the first round. He's tra he's so much better than Harden, but he can't get out the first round. I don't get. It. Um, Utah. I think one year against Utah, we went up 2-0 at home. Then they won the next two in Utah. Then we won in Houston. Then they won. Then they won like the next two. They won the series. Like he lost. I think two years in a row to Utah. Then was <laughs> like I the one year going. Forget Houston. Going back to Orlando, they was up 3-1 on Detroit Pistons. He, he said it feels great to be in the second round. Then he lost three straight games. <laughs> like, this guy is a perennial underachiever. Then he get on uh, the jump. And he tells the Rockies what they need to do to get past the first. Like, nigga, don't tell me what I need to do. <laughs> you haven't done it. So how you going to tell me what it takes? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? what? I'll tell you. <laughs> Come on. Like, that's Come on, bro. Like, come on. 
So what was that year like that y'all finally broke through it? I don't know. We talking about like uh, in 09? And 09 when y'all, yeah, 09 when y'all had on um, well, Ron, Aaron Brooks, yeah, um, Stroller. Say Batty was on that team. That was a squad, man. That was a squad. I still to this day think that they beat the Lakers if Yao Ming never gets hurt. They would have yeah. beat the they would have beat the Nuggets. And they probably would have won a championship. They probably would have beat Orlando in the first they probably would have beat Orlando in the championship. But y'all went out after the first round, right? He went out no, he he hurt himself against the Lakers in game two or game three. He broke his foot. And, uh he came back and he played on it until he couldn't no more. Then he couldn't play no more. And they lost. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I I think that I just I don't again, bro. It goes back to narratives. It goes back to likability. It goes back to aura. It goes back to nostalgia. Tracy McGrady is like most of the people our age. We grew up watching him, mm-hmm. so we correlate his play to our childhood. Our childhood was great. Most of us had great childhoods. We didn't have bills. We didn't have responsibility. That was a great time in our life. So we correlate him to being a good time in our life. And we, we correlate Harden. Well, I don't like the way he plays. I don't like him doing this. I don't like the way he's doing that. But Harden is actually winning games. He's actually getting out the first round. Tracy McGrady couldn't even get out the first round. For all his athleticism, he never got past the first round. Like, I'm missing something here. Damian jokes for getting swept by the Warriors in the conference finals. Tracy McGrady, we we congratulate him and throw parade parties for him never getting out the first round. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's not even a Harden versus Tracy McGrady thing. It's like, why do y'all condemn y'all condemn Russell Westbrook for not getting past the first round without KD, but you celebrate Tracy McGrady? <laughs> what? Don't add up, dude. It doesn't add up. This is, then this y'all, is, y'all favorite moment was the 13 and 30 seconds, ain't That ain't my favorite moment, but yeah, sure. <laughs> a November game, a November basketball game, game 13 of the season. <laughs> Early but season, yeah, Harden, remember. Harden is a regular season player, though. Don't add up, do it. Don't add up, man. Just don't add up to me. That's all I'm saying, man. I just, I just want shit to add up. That's all. I feel you. It ain't that enough. And uh, yeah. nothing, it just um, came to mind real quick. He was talking about old players. Y'all had Kyle Lowry in the early days when he and was Gordon. Aaron Brooks' backup. And O'Gorn Jodger. And Jodger. And y'all had Courtney. Yeah, those were some decent teams. I know, doing, but. That was some good teams, man. But we that those teams never sucked enough for us to get a lottery pick. <laughs> y'all was like 41 and 41 for like yeah. three years. <laughs> 40. 40. 41 and 41, like they, and then all of a sudden we got hardened. So only up from the. Mm-hmm. But so, how does it feel? I said, y'all had Lowry early when he was grinding out to get a spot in the league. To see him as Aaron Brooks' backup, to go from that to late career all star to champion, and then the guy he was backing up, not even in the league at this point, hasn't been for like three or four years now. Mm. How'd that one feel I- from? See I mean, develop. I don't. I don't think that it's a. I don't see it as anything. Honestly, I mean, without Kyle Lowry, the Rockets don't get James Harden. Yeah. So I mean, like we traded Kyle Lowry to Toronto, and they flipped that pick to send to OKC with Kevin Martin, 
to get James Harden. That pick ended up being Steven Adams. I would trade that again in a heartbeat. Yeah, Even hard, with every told, told me that we never were going to win a championship. I would trade <laughs> like I mean, Kyle Lowry is a great point guard. I love Kyle Lowry. I mean, I wanted him back when he was about to be a free agent. I thought he, he was on dope back to y'all before um, y'all traded he, for Chris Paul. I, the best. I thought that was going to be the best, you know, like, situation. Harden actually get a point guard on the side of him that could shoot, that could do some other things, but that could help Harden, get Harden off the ball. But, I mean, you know, I'm not about to sit here and and, and, and be like, oh, I miss Kyle Lowry and stuff like that. Kyle oh, Lowry no. was good. <laughs> good when he was here. You know, after he had a great career, like I salute him. Salute. Got to especially that type of drama. For sure. But I feel you know. But let's get on to the last segment. All right, to wrap up every show, I do a top five segment where I ask you a couple um, questions based on specifically for you. I usually do three, but I couldn't decide between the last two I have, so I'm gonna give you four. Are you ready? Yes, sir. But top five Rockets since you've been a fan. Your favorites. Okay. Top five Rockets. One, Hakeem Olajuwon. Two, James Harden. Three. Steve Francis. Four, Yao Ming. Five. Damn, that's going to be tough. <laughs> five. I would say. I say, can I give you like a tie, like a three-way tie? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Between Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and Dwight Howard. And Dwight, how you like Dwight for that little bit? Yeah, Dwight, man. I, I just didn't like him lying. I just don't like liars. <laughs> I, I don't like liars, man. Like Carmelo. That's the reason why I bang on Carmelo, man. I don't like liars. Yeah, I was on Dwight here for one of the extra post touches on that last year. That shit was gone. Oh, man. But all right, next one. You a big uh, Tomba fan, ain't you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Big Tomba fan. Give me your five favorite superheroes. Five favorite. Well, number one is The Flash. Mm-hmm. Batman. Number three is Blade. Number four. Hmm. Ant-Man, number five, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Ant-Man, a wild card in there. Yeah. That's what's up. Respects by uh, Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man, though. I feel you. How you feel about the Batman slander? <laughs> Batman slander, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. <laughs> they got here going to war with aliens and shit with no powers. Niggas be No powers. Like... The fuck? <laughs> you see the um, you see that last Justice League animated movie that came out? Man, I need to. I need like I don't know if you got a list, but if you got a list of the uh, the them hoes that like in order, send them yeah. to me. Watch the most tonight. All right, but I'll link you them joints um as we get out here. Official sure. next one, Texas boy. You know top five rappers from Texas. Top five rappers from Texas. Okay, <laughs> that's tough. Zero, Pimp C. This is in no order, by the way. Yeah, Zero, no. zero Pimp C, Scarface. Damn. Chameleon there. And niggas gonna slander me for this. 
Travis Scott. Travis, all right. I like Travis, bro. Travis, Travis is a different. He he gives you a whole different mindset when you hear Houston. When I name them other niggas, you think Houston, Texas. When I name Travis, you be like, oh, that's that new Houston shit. You know, <laughs> you got Travis over Paul Wall. Yeah, I mean Paul Wall, cool, but I'd rather listen to Travis and Paul Wall. Like. Travis and Paul, I ain't mad at you. Yeah. I said, that's your area. I can't say no. <laughs> All right, and last one. Big Kanye fan. Know that's your guy. Yes. Rank them top five Kanye albums. Oh, we. It fluctuates every single day, man. Like, every <laughs> time I listen to an album, I'm like, this is the best. And then I listen to another album, I'm like, this is the best. But shit, okay. You know, top- five. This, this the only one in order. In order? It's the only one in order from top five. Number one, late registration. Number two, graduation. Number three, 808s of heartbreaks. Number four, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Number five, college dropout. College dropout. That's what, so those oh. are your. That's what you think the best of those are your favorites. Uh, I mean, you said in order, so I guess yeah. I guess favorites to my least favorite. Well, I mean, he made more than five, so I got yeah favorite than that, but yeah. Man, those first five, those the main ones, so, so I had to get you. Yeah. Had to get those on. I think my favorite is on Graduation. Might be like my favorite album ever for real, for real. I ain't no problem. Yeah, Graduation. He was spazzing, man. Graduation. Spazzing. I just, I don't know, man. Like, Prime Kanye, I just don't feel like it was another artist, like, on this level. Like, I ain't he, mad at Yeah. Kanye or Wayne? Kanye. Kanye. Mid-margin? Yeah. No, I mean, like, Wayne, I've grown, as I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate more Wayne. Like, I did not like, I did not like, uh, like, the Carter Ford when it first came out. The Carter Ford yeah. when it first I was like, this shit is garbage. Like, <laughs> I listen to it now, and I'm like, oh, this whole slap. Like, this whole... Yeah, trying to talk now. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, I see, I see what my niggas was was listening to back then. Now I was asleep. You know what I'm saying? Carter three, I did not like it. I mean, I, I liked it, but I didn't. I liked it more than Carter four, but I yeah. didn't like it. I was like, oh, it's not better than Carter two. Then I hear Carter three, I'm like, oh, this I don't got no skips. Like, you know, <laughs> so I get older and I listen to it again. I'm like, you know what? It might be nostalgia. It might bring me back to a time. When I was younger, so that might be why I like it, but I don't know. I just know that as I've listened to Lil Wayne later, I'm like, it's it's better. I feel you. I feel you. Well, all right, bro. I appreciate you coming down and kicking it. All right, man. No problem, man. Have a good one. All right, you too, bro. No problem. We're gonna get you back on in the future after these playoffs and everything resume. All right, man. Have a good one. Out. All right, brother. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops, the rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it?
Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this. Together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow, right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. 
Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. 
You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.